You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. primary person in the text or in the verse is a person that fears God. Person fears God. He or she reveres or respects Jehovah. When you revere or respect a person, it says two things that you're doing. Number one, you're you're looking at what the person has done, is do, and is doing, and, and you are admiring the person. You are saying that you approve of what you see, what you hear, and so forth, coming from the person. And and as Christians, we say things like hallelujah to let God know we admire him. We even say amen. We We don't say it as being religious. But we know amen means so be it. Amen is a reference to saying that you're in agreement with something. And that's how we admire our God. We'll even go so far as to say, that's my rhema. He can release something and we'll claim that's just for me. Letting him know I respect you. I admire you. You have my approval even though you don't need it. I want you to know that you mean more to me than anything or anybody. That's what it says when you respect a person. You admire that person. And you approve what the person is doing. Even when God allows certain things that are not comfortable to the flesh. You still respect him. Because he will permit you to go through trials and tribulations. He will permit certain things to, to happen to you. But you still respect him. Because you know if if he allows certain things to happen that he's still going to exemplify his sovereignty. Let you know yeah this is happening but I'm still in charge. 
church. And I love it because his word lets us know ahead of time that, that, that we are going to go through certain things. Like, for instance, Psalm 34 and 19 says, Many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. But the Lord delivers him or her out of how many? Every one of them. Every one of them. Doesn't matter what it is, he's going to bring you out of every one of them. Don't doubt him, he's going to bring you out of every one of them. Not on your timetable, not the way you may want him to do, but he's going to bring you out of every one of them because you're righteous. Because you are just, you live by faith. But I want to show you also biblically what it, what it means to... To fear the Lord. I, I like what was stated in Job 28 and 28. Go there with me. Job is next door to Psalm. Just go back to your left. And you will see Job. Job 28 and 28. I want you to see this. Don't, don't fake like you're there. Go there. Job 28 and 28. Ready? And to man he said. Behold. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. But again, he said to man, behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. If I respect God, I'll become an intelligent person. Get this. Not just in reference to knowing the scripture, but in life. See, God is not just about you knowing scripture. That's what religious folk like to do. But see, God said plain to us, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. I came to change your life for the better. Use John to tell us, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. But it's got to start with your soul. It's got to start with your soul. You got to be saved. You got to be just. That's where it's got to start. Because it's there even as your soul does prosper. I got to get you saved before I, I can make you into the person I have ordained for you to be. But notice again, Job 28 and 28. To man, he said, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. It's wisdom. If you sit in church, hear message after message. And, and leave still doing dumb stuff. Hold on. Childish stuff. Foolish stuff. It's saying that you're not becoming wise by the word. In, in a classroom, you can, have, you can have 19 students. And, and out of the 19 students, you may only have three that make A's. It is not that others are not capable of making A's, 
but, but it's due to them putting into action what the teacher is telling them to do. You, you understand what I'm saying? I know what I'm talking about because I, I remember being in class, but my mind was somewhere else. So you don't need to be in church in your mind somewhere else. Because this place is designed to change your mind, your life, and so forth for the better. And one message, one message can change your health, your wealth, and so forth. One message, one message can change you for the better. You can hear and receive your rhema today and leave here change for the better. How many have experienced that? You can leave here wondering how you're going to get something and you can listen to one message and leave here knowing how you can get what you need and, and not only know how you can get it, but you go and get it. That's the reason what he's saying is so imperative. When we respect God, and when you respect God, it says in one sense that you're going to adhere to his written and revealed word. And when you do so, it'll change your life for the better. Who agree with that? Who can say amen to that? And so, back in Psalm 112 and 1, again, the text is about a person that fears the Lord, respects God. And, and when you respect God, you will start delighting in the things of God. Notice verse 1, this person that fears the Lord delights, get this, in his commandments. The commandments of God connote his written and reveal word. Yeah, you'll start delighting in what God is telling you what season it is and what you need to do in the particular season. The season that you're in, sister girl, is better and bigger is here. And this is what I need you to do. Then, then sometime he'll drop a personal rhema on you while, while you're in, in the grocery store and, and he, he'll give you a commandment in the grocery store. God commanding you or giving you a word is not limited to the church. He'll give you a word driving down 166. Elder Bray, he'll give you a word while, while you're going up 20 on your motorcycle. Listening, listening to your favorite gospel song. He will give you a word while you're at work. You can be thinking about what you're going to do when you get off, but in the midst of that, God will drop a word to you. How many are understanding? But when you respect God, you delight in his commandments. 
And, and I love folk that just don't come to church just because it's a religious thing. You come to church because you love God's word. Who am I talking about? You show up Sunday in and Sunday out because you love God's word. You pray daily because you love God's word. You open up your scripture not just when you come to the house of God but daily because you love the word of God. And when you can't get a hold to the Bible you put in a CD uh, uh, you go to the broadcast and you listen to what God has said or is saying because you love the word of God. Am I talking about you? I heard somebody say, I'm talking, you're talking about me, preacher. But listen to this. Delight in the text also means to bend to. When you bend to something, it says that you're yielding. <laughs> Or you're submitting to. You don't just hear the word. You don't just listen to the commandments. You yield to the commandments. I, I know folk that that their that that thing is, is to go to church and hear the preacher preach, and they be say it, preacher. Go ahead, preacher but will not receive or bend to what the preacher is putting on the plate. They are here, but not a doer of God's word. See, see the blessing, it's, it's a blessing to hear, but the ultimate blessing is not just in hearing according to James. James says we are blessed when we hear and do what the word says. Look at somebody and say, you got to bend to the word. Just don't listen to it. Say to another neighbor, you got to bend to the word. Not just listen to the word. And when you delight in it, you, you, you'll be waiting for your rank. I say you'll be waiting for your rank. You come to church looking for a rank. You come to hear what God is saying from the start of the service to the conclusion of the service because you know if God is in it, a rhema going to come forth. You know something going to come forth just for you. And God ain't going to disappoint you. God going to give you something every time you come. Whether it's at the start of the service, the middle of the service, or the end of the service. Some of us have gotten a word from the praise team. Gotten a word from the person that's leading prayer. God will give you a word. But my question is, do you respect him to the point to where you delight in his commandments? You delight. See, see, I'm the type of person, even when God showed me I need to change, I, I, I like that because I want to be better. Some folks get mad when God step on their toes because they don't want to be better. 
But I wonder how many over here, you love it when God sends you a word, a word of correction because you want to be better. What about the middle section? You want him to send you a word of correction because you want to be better. However he brings the word, my thing is, feed me Jesus. Woo, feed me Lord. I got to show you something real quick. I would quote it, but I want you to see it. Go, go with me to Matthew 5 and 6. I, I, Lord have mercy. I know y'all could quote it too, but I want to just read this. Hurry, y'all heard me get that. Matthew 5 and 6. This is, I, I'm serious. This is, a, this is one of my favorite verses in Matthew. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They delighting for righteousness are the word of God. For they shall be filled. Or God going to satisfy you. Woo, when you come in here looking for it, won't he do something for you? Won't he satisfy you? Won't he fill you? When you come in here needing a word because of all you've been through, won't he give you something that will make you feel better? Something better than a Tylenol. Something better than the best drug they got on the market. That's the reason we tell for can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like who? Say to somebody, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like? Oh, some of y'all ain't got happy yet. Say it to one more person. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like? Feed me, Jesus. Lord, I've been worrying too much. Feed me. Show me where I have no reason to worry. Show me where I have no reason to doubt. Feed me, Jesus. You ever been going through something and got down in spirit and when you come to church, God give you a rhema and, and, and he, he asks you the question, why are you cast down? Hope in God. He'll start telling you what to do in church and everybody looking around and you know this ain't nothing but my rain. If we hunger and thirst after after right, the right thing and sometimes the right thing will tear you up from the floor up as they say it. Woo, but when you put it in action, even though it, even though it tear you up, if you put it in action, woo, you better wait because the blessings gonna come and your cup gonna run over. And so, a person that fears God is also one that delights in His word. And you have folks that don't have no problem watching a two-hour movie but don't want to be in church two hours. Get, hold on, hold on. And say they save. I'd be like, man, how in the world are you save, but you don't like worship? You make it your business to get home on Tuesday so you can see your show? And you be hoping that they go that that after the new one that came out is over that they go back and show something that happened weeks ago. 
Bottom line, you're sitting from that TV three, four hours looking at one show. But want church to be over in an hour and 15 minutes, you, and you saved. I'm not saying you ain't saved, but you ain't the person in Psalm 112 and 1. That delight in God's word. How many love the word? You got to love it. You should love the word so much to where when you leave here. You make it your business to, to get in the word every day. If you really love the Lord. You make it your business to think word, talk word, and do word. Why? You love the word. But notice, again, we're talking about a person that fears God and delights in his commandments. Puts the word into action. Now, now this is the thing right here. We know clearly that the text is about a person that loves God, fears him. A person that just delights or submits to whatever God puts on the table. God, if you want me to pray, I'll pray. I'm going to bend. I'm going to yield to your word. But even when a person reveres God, and puts the word into action in thought, in word, and in deed. That person is still not exempt from evil tidings of bad news. And see, this is where maturity has to come in. Be be because you'll start trying to trying to say within yourself I shouldn't be going through this as much as I pray I don't understand how I'm, I, I'm giving but I ain't receiving what I desire See, some folk think if, if they doing certain things according to the scripture, that that should exempt them from other things. I pray every day. I don't know why I'm going through all these trials. So you think your prayers should make you exempt from trials. Well, you know, I praise God all the time. And it says it, it, when, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. I ain't seen as many blessings as I need to, but I praise him all the time. Maybe I ought to just stop praising. So you think that it, you should automatically get blessings. And not go through any trouble. You think because of who you are in God that you should be exempt 
from certain things. Yeah, that may happen to her because she ain't saved, but it ain't going to happen to me. God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Now, when Paul was using, using that analogy, he, he was saying in one sense that some of the same things that happen to sinners are going to happen to saints. But see, we got to be mature enough not to act like a sinner when it does happen to us or a child of God. And, and some folks are to the point to where they're, they're saved, but when certain things happen, they'll just stop praying because, because they'll take on an immature mindset that says to them, your prayer ain't working. You the same one two months ago talking about God answers prayer, but now because you're going through trouble, your prayer don't work. And then you say, well, maybe I can get the bishop to pray, and then I pray, but don't that change? Yeah, oh, well, I don't guess. I'm going to have to go somewhere else and see if I can get another prayer. See, you immature. You looking for a man to heal you and not God. Y'all, I left my side over here. Y'all done left me. Thank God you said you'll always be with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me, Lord, because they have left me over there. L listen to this. You can respect God. You can put his word into action, but you still going to go through some stuff. Folks still going to curse out you. Folks still going to scandalize your name. Folks still going to. And sometimes folks going to talk about you is going to be truth. So ain't no need in you get mad. But just because you're Christian, just because you fear God, that does not mean you're not going to go through trouble. That does not mean evil tidings are not going to show up at your house and cause some bad things to happen. And guess whose permission? Demons get when they show up at your house to torment you with some bad news. The Lord. When you look at Job, the first two chapters, when, when God asked Satan the question, hey, where you been? He's I've been here and there, to and fro. Then God actually brings up Job. 
Hey, have you considered my servant, Job? There is no one like him. He's upright. And he makes it his business not to play around with no evil. Satan say, well, if you do such and such, or allow me to do such and such, he'll do this. He'll curse you out. He'll do this, that, and the other. And so goes, I'll tell you what. You go do such and such. You can do such and such to Job, but then God said, but you know I'm sovereign, and I'm paraphrasing. You better not touch this, that, and the other. And he releases him. And then... All of a sudden, Job starts getting bad news about his children, about his wealth, and other aspects of his life. And get this, and God bragged on him. And like it or not, some of us just don't have the character of Job. God can't brag on us like he bragged on Job. So if God allows something bad to happen to Job and you thinking you too good for bad to happen, you better wake up. I say, you, well, you ain't listening to me. When you tell somebody for me, you better wake up. God will allow it to happen. Just because you're just does not mean you're not going to go through bad or evil things. And if you'll notice in Psalm 112 and 7, the person that feared the Lord and delighted in his commandments went through evil had evil tidings look at the verse look at it again let's read it again Lord have mercy y'all uh, did we read that yeah we read it thoroughly but we can read it again we ain't no problem to read it again remember I told you the verses connect Look at verse 7 again. You ready? Psalm 112 and 7. He will not be afraid of what? Evil tidings came. They came. But notice what it says. He wasn't afraid. Because see, he was mature enough to know that if you're going to live on earth, you're going to experience some bad. You hear me? It don't matter if you, well, I got enough money to where I ain't got to worry about it. Hey, you, just because you got money, that don't exempt you from bad. Well, I'm debt free. Just because you debt free, that don't, that don't exempt you from bad. My pastor pray for me every day. That don't matter. You still going to go through some bad stuff. Well, we got a prayer circle. We pray every day, and we keep saying out, hey, let me tell you something. That is not going to stop evil from coming your way. 
But see, the verse reveals how a person that is just or respects God should deal with evil tidings or bad news. Because some of us, we do good until bad happens. You on cloud 9.22346 until bad news comes your way. You are turning victory all day long until somebody shows up with some bad news. You are Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the evening, and Jesus late at night. Until bad news happens. I, I used to tell this lady that you say, I want Satan to take his best self. You better be quiet. I said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I said, you don't want, you don't want God, you don't want Satan to go to God and say, look, she told me that she want me to hit her with my best shot. Can I do it? Because she done said it like 10 times. And the same person that said it, when Satan hit her, or when demons came on her, didn't recover. You know why? Didn't know how to deal with evil. You got to know how to deal with bad news as a child of God. You can't deal with bad news the way your unsaved cousin deal with it. Child of God. And so that's what, again, Psalm 112 and 7 gives us how to deal with bad news or evil tidings. When it comes, you can't fear. Now, now sometimes when, when bad news comes, immediately you're going to be shook. But you don't let it get in you. It's one thing for something to come at you, but you don't let it get in you. And see, God has built you to the point to where, yeah, evil will come, but it don't have to get in you to control you. And I love that he revealed to us, no weapon, what? That is formed against you shall prosper. But it's a heritage of who? Those who love God. Those who are in God. That does not mean that weapons are not going to attack you. That just means you have got to stay in the position that God has ordained for you to stay in. In order to deal with that thing or to be successful. At overcoming it. I mean understanding. He will not fear. Evil tidings of bad news. Now notice, he's not going to be afraid of fear. Why is that important? Let me show you. Y'all stay with me. Let's go to 1 John 4. First John 4 and 18. Now make sure you don't fake. Go with me. Go there. I need you to see this. 
1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in love. Love equates God. God said to us who should be operating in love, and if love is God, that means love is also the word of God, right? God is but in the beginning was, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So love is the word. There is no fear in what? That means I need to stay in the word. I need to stay in God because if I'm in God, there is no fear. If I keep praying, that fear is not going to be able to control me. It may be at the door, but it's not going to be able to control me. If I stay in church, that fear may be at the door, but it's not going to be able to control me. If I keep walking in the word, if I keep thinking, talking, and doing according to the revealed will of God, that fear is not going to be able to control me, even though it's at the door. There is no fear in what? Love. Say to your neighbor, stay in the love. Stay in love. Stay in, love. Stay in the word. Stay in, stay in that which pertains to God. But he goes on to say this. And, and he talks about fear. He says, I'm going to skip and go to the next clause, not the second one. Because fear involves what? Fear involves what? Oh man, I wonder how it's going to turn out. Why are you spending your time wondering about that? Why don't you just grab Romans 8 and 28? So that way, no matter what the report says, you know all things. Y'all ain't even read it. I don't know what's going on over here. We got senior preachers, elders. But maybe y'all can quote it. Because you don't need to be holding on to that word. You need to hold on to Romans 8 and 20. All work together to those that what? To those that love God. Those that stay in God's word. All things work for the what? Because we love God. And if you love God, that means you stay in his word. Because love and the word are synonymous. They're the same. Fear has torment. You can't sleep. Why? Fear. I ordered that big steak and can't even eat it because you... I just don't feel like it. I ain't got no appetite. You let what happened cause you not to eat that? When it says it going go to waste, slide it on over if you don't mind now. You can't allow stuff to control you that God does not want to control you. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of love, power, and a sound mind. Because, look, I gave you something to deal with that fear. Feel real, but I gave you something to deal with that. I, I'm going to tell y'all something. Uh, just, between, just between us, we talking. Fear has put a whooping on me before. You hear me? Fear has put a whipping on me before. But when I learned 1 John 4 and 18, when I found out God, God wasn't a part of that according to 2 Timothy, and I think 1 and 7. Or is it 1 and 8? 1 and 7? Okay. I didn't let it do me, do me the way it desired to do me. But some of us, that's not your testimony. Fear still puts a whipping on you. Whether it's on a Monday or on a late Saturday evening, it still put a whipping. Anytime fear show up at your house, you get a whipping. But you the man, though. But you get a whipping every time fear shows up. When you going to be the real man and put fear in check or put fear up under your... Because notice what is revealed here in the text. 1 John 4 and 18. Notice this. I'm going to start over. There is no fear in love, but perfect. Help me. Cast out what? Put the word on fear. I'm going to have to go get a shot because I'm having anxiety. You ain't got to go get no shot. You need to put the word on fear. What will love do? Cast it out. What does that mean? It'll eject it. It'll get it out of your circle. You got to cast it out. You can't allow it to stay there. You got to put God's word on it. And if somebody is around you that, that does not have the same mindset, put them at your house. Let them know, look, I, I ain't going to entertain fear the way you trying to entertain fear. I'm going to stand on faith. I'm going to stand on what does says God. Love will cast out what? Fear. Better cast it out. You ain't going to be able to get this out because you ain't got such a... And fear will just torment you with that. And, and, and this is somewhere... We just sat there listening to fear. Feel me, fear. Feel me, fear. We'll, we'll listen to all of that stuff. And notice, we have the power to cast fear I won't be tormented. So I'm going to cast it out. Is it going to come? Yeah. Every one of us at some time or another will be attacked by fear. When it comes, first thing you got to acknowledge, I don't have to put up with this. Back in Psalm 112 and 7, what did it say about the man that, didn't, that feared God? And delighting in his commandments, he will not be afraid of what? Evil type. He didn't have made up. You ain't going to scare me. 
I got power over you. I can put the word on you. I got what it takes to deal with you, to cast you out. Quit telling everybody you save and talking in them three tongues, but not using the word that God has given you. Or every time you go through something, you got to call somebody. You ain't got to call nobody every time you go through something. Mature, grow up and deal with stuff that God has equipped you to deal with. Don't nobody care. They want to ask the phone. Yeah, that ain't it. Sometimes God won't allow them to answer the phone because he's trying to mature you. I'm not fussing. I'm serious. I'm just, I'm just excited. You understand what I'm saying? Really want to get this across. You hear me? You receive? Perfect love casts out what? Because fear. fear has what? Torment. We got to go further. Still in 1 John 4 and 18. Notice this. Notice this. But he who fears has not been made, help me, in what? I mean, you're not in the word. That you're not in the word the way you need to be. Perfect means complete. But perfect in the verse also means mature. And see, you have to make up in your mind you're going to mature. I ain't going to let this thing handle me. I'm going to handle it according to the word. In order for you to become complete or mature, you have to put away childish. When I became a man, Mature or complete. I put away childish things. I had to stop getting mad every time somebody said something I didn't like. I had to stop getting upset just because I couldn't get things my way. I had to quit getting mad at God just because he didn't do it the way I asked him to do it. Well, he's smarter than you. You should be glad when he don't do it the way you wanted him to do it. He's smarter than you. That means he's going to do it the best way. See, God will allow you to go through something just, just so you can have a testimony and, and show folks how God is with you. God will allow you to go through some stuff, but in the end, he'll make you look good. But when he makes you look good, he expects you to give him the glory, honor, and the praise. Don't pat yourself on the back and say, I did it my way. No, 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 because you're messing yourself up. Do it his way and watch God show up, show out. And when he does it, give him the glory, honor, and the praise. Did this happen? 
Let's go back to Psalm 112 and 7. The person will not be afraid when evil tidings come. No, ain't, ain't going to be afraid. But notice what's going on with the person. The person is steadfast. Look at Psalm 112 and 7. The person is steadfast. Guess where? In heart. Trusting the Lord. Now, now what it basically means to be steadfast in heart. You holding on? It means that you're fixed in direction. You're fixed in what direction? She's trying to get me out this season. I ain't going to get over there in another seat. Better and bigger are here. Better and bigger is coming. He's trying to make me think that he know the whole truth. I ain't going to get over there and follow his half truth. I'm going to stick to John 16 and 13. Well, the Holy Spirit will guide me into, didn't say half truth, did it? See, man can only tell you his truth. His truth. And see, and see man's truth is, is based upon some other person's truth. Your doctor gets his truth from other folks' truth. That's the reason a doctor can never have the final say. The only one that can have the final say is the one that knows the end at the beginning. <laughs> Some folks can, can give you an idea of the end, but the only one who really knows the end from the beginning is God. That's the reason God can tell you something in the beginning when all is well, and say is well, and then say at the beginning, and say, and when all is said and done, it's still going to be well. Even though between the beginning and the end, you're going through all kind of crazy stuff. But guess what ain't going to change? God's truth. What he told you. Why? He knows the end from the beginning. But you have to believe that. Man, I've been through stuff, and, and, and in my limited mindset, I've been like, oh, Lord, have mercy. This just don't look like it's going to turn out. Now, that, now, that's the way Barry, the flesh man, is thinking. But then God, dwelling on the inside of me, or the Holy Spirit would say, it is well. Now, see, my thing is, I can't fight when he tells me it is well. So I repent and say what I said, I'm sorry, it is well. Because when God tells you it's well, everything that can go wrong can take place. 
But God has the final say. He's the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. The one that was, that is, and is soon to come. Woo! You ought to tell somebody God has the final say. And when you really get in your being, God has the final say. You'll be just like the psalmist. You are fixed in direction. You are steadfast. You're to the point to where a whole lot of chatter is being, is being said. But you're still fixed in your place. You're still saying out of your mouth, your will be done, God. On earth as it is in heaven. You're my alpha. You're my author. You're my finisher when it comes to my faith. Sometimes I get to going through things and, and it be rough and, and, and God will just send me old scripture like with me all things are possible. And I be going through but he'll just send it. Why did he do that? John 16 and 13. The Holy Spirit will guide you into how much truth? So what are he going to give you? The word. The truth. You're going through trouble, but all of a sudden you hear the Holy Spirit say, it is well. Man, I got, I, 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 I'm going to tell you something. This week, I have went through so many challenges, so many trials. But I've been saying, man, this is a good day for me. This is a good day for me. Get this. And everything that I went through this week, the Holy Spirit was doing just what I'm telling you. Just, just say, Walker, is going to be well. Holy Spirit was even, even showing me stuff to do. I didn't even know he could be a mechanic. <laughs> Woo! I said, I didn't even know he could be a mechanic. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will guide you into how much truth? Truth about your car, truth about your house, truth about your friends, truth about your money, truth about this, that, and the other. How much truth? I say, good God, I might not fix this thing that I didn't know I could fix. He even brought things to my remembrance. I, I needed something to, to, to put a part together with. And the Holy Spirit said, go look in there. And I went, I said, oh, Lord, I have forgot I put the, and they were still in the package. <laughs> Doesn't the Bible say he'll, he'll bring things to your what? Remembrance. But you, you have to be fixed to where you're just going to listen to him and do exactly what he tells you to do. Notice the text again. He is steadfast. Well, in heart. Your heart represents your choices. Choices, your direction. What you're going to do next. What you're going to do because of this. Holy Spirit will give you exactly what to do. 
but you got to be steadfast because there'll be a whole lot of other voices trying to tell you what to do. But you got to stick to the word. The safest place to be is in the will of God. The worst place to be is out of the will of God. Last scripture I got to go to. Dealing with steadfast. But how many understand when you're steadfast, it means that you're fixed in what? Direction. You're fixed in direction. And as a child of God, our direction is based upon the Holy Spirit that will guide us in the own truth. I used to think when I first got saved, all it is to the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. Because that's all I saw from folk, that they use the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, but everything else they... they they, they didn't even trust the Holy Ghost to do. But when I got hope to John 16 and 13, I said, man, it's more to the Holy Spirit than just speaking in tongues. And don't get me wrong, I will allow the Holy Spirit to get a hold of me and, and to speak, pray in tongues, sing in tongues. Yes, I sing in tongues when I'm by myself. Whatever he desires to do, I will let him do. He prays. He prays in words that we don't even what? Understand according to Romans. But you have, to, you have to know that he is the one that guides you. You don't ever take somebody's word and think they have the final say. Now don't be stupid and blame, blame, say that the Holy Ghost is telling you something and it's not. You got to know the Holy Ghost before you just do that. Because sometimes folks will just say God said it. And no, God ain't said nothing. That's just what they wanted. But anyway, that's another subject. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is so powerful, but, you, but Paul said this to the church. He said this to the church. But it ties into uh, Psalm 112, 112 and 7. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15. This is my last scripture. I've said a lot, but I hope you receive. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You ready? But yeah. well, wait on me, because I'm in Galatians, and I know I done went too far. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is what Paul said to the church. Therefore, my beloved who? This is for saints. This is not to give to a sinner. This is for saints. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Be. What does that imply? That you got to do something. Be. Steadfast. Immovable. And, and get this. Steadfast, immovable, and always abounding are synonymous. He basically gives them three words. That basically mean the same thing. If I'm steadfast, I'm going to have to be what? Immovable. If I'm steadfast, I'm going to have to always what? Abound. So he gives them three different words, but the words uh, mean the same thing. They basically mean the same thing. So what's the bottom line? He... he He's repetitive in letting them know that, look, you have to be anchored. You have to be fixed. 
And then he gives them direction. And understand this, sometimes God will allow pastor to give you direction. Not overriding the Holy Spirit that guides you into all truth, but that's just part of the job of a pastor. And notice you'll see him, him giving them direction. Be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in, get the direction, the work of what? The Lord. Stay just. Stay just. Because the work of the Lord is, is, is doing that which is just. All right. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. But then he says, while you're steadfast, you got to know. Your attitude, your mindset has to be to the point to where you know that what you're doing is not in vain. But let me take it further. You have to know that what you're doing is not going to result in emptiness. When it's in vain, it means that it's going to be empty. When you're steadfast, it's going to be the opposite of empty, which is full. Bottom line, if you stay in the will of God, if you're steadfast, fixed in doing what God is saying, you're going to see the benefits of God come forth. And you're going to say, you know what? Being steadfast, it is not empty. This, this ain't in vain because things are constantly happening for me because I am just steady doing what God would have me to do. Reminds me of Psalm 23. David say, said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear. What? No evil. Why? He with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Then he talks about direction. He has prepared for me. What? A table. Then he says, oh, Lord, look at my help. Surely, goodness, and shall what? Follow me. In evil, but he knows it. Look, good God, I'm, I'm in this evil place, but ooh, goodness and mercy right there. Because see, sometimes when, when fear comes, you're more focused on the bad than the good. But after hearing the word, we are going to be steadfast despite the bad news. And I'm done.